the pitch. Swing and a base hit to left center field. And Camellia's going to score. This game is over. On an RBI hit by Mickey Poole. Thanks for taking the time to download and listen to the Philadelphia Baseball Review Podcast. I'm Patrick Gordon, founder and executive editor of the Philadelphia Baseball Review. Our mission is to cover baseball at all levels throughout the Philly region, with a particular focus on promoting the amateur, high school, and college ranks. Our aim is to tell the untold baseball stories across the Quaker City. So please be sure to follow me on Twitter if you're not already at PGordonPBR. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you may be listening. Also, leave us a review. And be sure to visit PhiladelphiaBaseballReview.com where you can sign up for our daily newsletter. Now, let's get into today's show. All right, so winter meetings coverage 2023 here. It's Sunday night, December 3rd. I still haven't left yet. We'll be leaving in a few hours. A real, real early morning flight down to Nashville. Looking forward to it. I've heard great things about that city. I've never been there. I've heard great things about this resort. I remember uh, when I was really young looking at the winter meetings, watching coverage, and it just looked always like beautiful with the tree and everything else. So really looking forward to uh, heading down to Nashville. So we'll be down there in a couple hours. But I uh, wanted to talk a little bit uh, about what the winter meetings are like real fast. So, uh, you know, several people have asked me over the last few weeks, really, what what are the winter meetings? What is it like? And, um, you know, it's it's it's. It's interesting to describe. Um, so they put all of us writers in, think of a ballroom at, at a fancy hotel. And that's that's what this is, right? They put us in this ballroom. And so just think of a sea of lunch tables, right? Um, or cafeteria tables. Long ones, not the circles, long ones. With thousands of extension cords and strips and all that to plug your laptops in and that's basically our working environment for the week right we go in set up our laptop and you're there um and so it isn't luxurious by any means but you know it it what luxury does a baseball writer need right um so we go in set ourselves up and then you kind of you got to work your sources. You got to work the room. You got to you got to kind of get a feel for all right what stories, what what things are going on. Um, you know, yeah, all of us writers will have tweet deck and you know X and everything else up, firing to see what other people are reporting on. We'll be working our phones with our sources, talking to people. Um, there's there's a massive lobby area um, that gives you a chance to kind of meet and or mingle with people. There'll be players, um, especially free agent players. Uh, there'll be, obviously, the managers will be there. Um, we'll speak with them. I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but front office executives, agents, and people like that that you can speak with. And, you know, in turn, it sort of breaks up the monotony, right? So, yeah, you're sitting there and, and working your laptop, doing some stuff, writing, but you get a chance to go and, and talk with some people as well. So that's essentially what what the meetings will be. So yeah, you may be working on a couple, a couple, uh, couple articles, but you're also, you know, trying to mingle and, and, and work your sources and see what information you can find out. Now it is extremely possible for some teams and you know how this could be the Phillies this year where 
there just isn't a whole lot going on. Um, that makes it boring, right? I'm not going to lie. I've been in those situations where covering the Phillies and you know the winter meetings going into it, the team isn't going to be doing much, if anything. And so you're kind of stuck there for a few days. What am I writing about? What what am I doing? Um, you know, there's other years. Last year, for example, you know, the Phillies signed uh, Trey Turner, Tywin Walker, where it's busy and you're working, you know, nonstop. Um, you know, so you, you could have it that way too. So time-wise, right? You get in there and most reporters, and, and this is where I'd categorize myself. I'm, I'm there 9 a.m., 10 a.m. usually every morning. And I'll stay in that lobby or in the uh, ballroom working probably till six or seven each night. And obviously break for lunch and, you know, meet up with some other writers and so forth. And there's some break, you know, some times in between there where you, you kind of, um, you know, do some different things. So, for example, on uh, Monday afternoon, starting Monday afternoon and continuing on Tuesday, there are manager availabilities. So every manager will be available for 20 minutes. And so it's open to all writers. Any writer that wants to go up can hear any manager. And so Rob Thompson, I believe, is speaking at 2 o'clock on Tuesday um, as luck would have it, he's speaking at the same time that Aaron Boone, the New York Yankees, is speaking. And the way that works out, last year they did it a little bit different. In San Diego, they put um, managers in different rooms. I've seen it in the past in Orlando and uh, Las Vegas and some other places where I've covered the meetings where they did it in the same room, just on opposite sides. So I'm not entirely sure how uh, it'll look tomorrow in down in Nashville. But either way, picture managers sitting at a, a dais, basically, or a, just a table, and about 15, 20 chairs huddled around him, reporters asking questions, a handful of other reporters sort of standing around with a ton of cameras, lots of cameras on, obviously some local cameras, but also national cameras as well. And some managers, obviously, will have it a little bit easier, well, I don't say easier, but a little little less, um, you know, pressure, if you will, with, uh, you know, the media may only be a few people for Kansas City or some other markets, but, you know, Philadelphia, it's going to be pretty, pretty packed. It usually has been, especially over the last few years. It was always fun to hear Gabe Kapler talk. Um, I think that's where Gabe Kapler, I remember asking a question several years ago of him and he was talking about like the nutrition of the organization and how the players are, um, you know, need to practice photosynthesis or some weird stuff. I have no idea, but I'll never forget Gabe Kapler going off and giving some bizarre <laughs> commentary um, about how he views players and analytics and stuff. So, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Some some managers obviously are a bit more uh, out there, if you will, than others. So Rob has been awesome. Rob Thompson's been great the last several years. Um, you know, I remember him joking last year talking about how he just wanted time to relax at his recliner up in uh, Toronto or Canada and uh, how he just wasn't getting enough of that because obviously they had the World Series run. So it'll be uh, it'll be good to see Thompson and, and uh, all the different managers across the uh, MLB. So that happens. Then on Wednesday this year, uh, MLB will be doing the um, draft lottery where decide who picks where in the uh, 2024 
amateur draft. I believe it's held in June. So that'll be happening. And then they'll also be doing uh, the following day, Wednesday, uh, the Rule 5 draft. And it's pretty interesting watching the Rule 5 draft. It goes quickly. Um, you know, that was one of the things that really shocked me before how quick it goes um, with the Rule 5 draft. But it's neat, you know, to see behind the scenes how all that happens. Um, so last year, I think, was the first where they televised the uh, lottery. Uh, and that was pretty cool. Uh, with how MLB Network had it set up. So I'd encourage you to check that out. Again, it's not the same as the NBA with the balls, um, you know, how they used to do that. Um, that always was pretty cool. But um, So, yeah, the winter meetings, it can be really, really fun uh, or busy, I should say, if you're a reporter uh, covering a team that you know is going to spend money and, you know, is there and they're in on all the top free agents. But it can be also... Very, very boring if you're there covering a team that, you know, is either rebuilding or at a point where they're just not doing a ton of, uh, you know, a ton of stuff. And, uh, you know, as a reporter myself, as a writer, I just want, I want stuff to write about, Um, you know, so whether you're covering a team that is good or bad, I think is, you know, not, that doesn't really matter. I think your your level of work um, is what would excite a reporter there. So. You know, thankfully, going into the next part of this year, you know, the Phillies are still in on a couple guys. Um, now, truthfully, I think things have cooled down with Yamamoto. I, I don't see how um, that's going to play out here, especially with the reports now that Yamamoto would prefer to go to a team with a Japanese player already on the roster. Um, to me, I mean, that screams, hey, uh, New York, you know, with the Mets. Um, but I know the Dodgers, the Giants, uh, the Cubs, potentially, the Yankees, obviously, are all in. So, again, I, I think from what I'm being told, the Phillies are interested. I just think the Phillies are also in a position where, yeah, we're interested, but we're not going to throw, you know, $500 million out and, and some crazy numbers that that I've heard. Um, I don't think the Phillies are going to do anything like that. So, that goes back to what Dombrowski said following the uh, Aaron Nola signing, where he was speaking with some of us reporters, um, you know, after after the uh, formal announcement, and said that, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, that he was okay running back basically the majority of the 23 roster for 24, um, because he felt that the 24 team would still be a little bit different, meaning that we would have a full year in particular of, of Harper at first base, um, you know, and a couple other things, and so. I don't really see them as being worried if they don't make another move. Um, I really don't. I, Juan Soto, another name that the Phillies have been connected with. And look, 25 years old, he's won Silver Slugger four times, three-time All-Star. Yeah, you want him in your lineup. I understand. Um, however, I don't know if you have seen, but apparently the price tag that the Padres had for the Yankees um, was reportedly eight players. They wanted from New York for Soto. Uh, plus, plus they want the Yankees to take on, I think, the $33 million that Soto is owed next year via arbitration. So, I mean, wow, right? I don't think the Phillies are going to be paying that high of a price. And here's the thing with Soto. You have to remember, he's a free agent at the end of this year. So you could, you know, back up the Brinks truck to the Padres and get give them everything. And still lose Soto, right? So the, to me, 
I don't know. It's it's just a little bit too rich. Unless you're guaranteed that he's going to stay with you and you get some some sort of um, you know agreement in place. To me, that just seems like too too high of a price. Um, you know, I I think again. It's not an area that the I mean the Phillies may enter into further conversations about this, but I don't really see that being um, something that happens here um, right now. Now, if Soto hits the free agent market next year, let's say, I am not saying by any means the Phillies wouldn't be interested. I think every team probably would, and the Phillies would be one of a few that are willing to spend money and show the money. Um, but even with that, um, I don't know. I don't know. That just seems like a really high price. But, you know, with that said, too, San Diego seems to be in a pinch here. Um, You know, reports came out several weeks ago that they had to get loans to fund payroll. Um, It's clear that they're trying to slash payroll for next year. Sort of a shame what happened. Um, You know, it's tough with a market like that in San Diego. You kind of knew that that payroll wasn't really going to be sustainable out there. Um, They gave it a nice run. Just things didn't work out the way they should have last year out there. Um, so we'll see. And then, you know, the one area that I think the Phillies could look this week and, and beyond in, in looking to upgrade would be the bullpen. So they've been linked with Josh Hader, uh, all-star closer uh, from Milwaukee. Um, I've also heard from multiple sources that the Phillies are not too hot on him. Um, now, the Phillies have, between Alvarado Dominguez, Strom, Bellotti, Brogdon. I mean, the, the, the Kirkring. The bullpen, I don't want to say it's set because you could always add pieces there. Um, but they're they're pretty full. Um, so I think if you're looking to bring a piece in here, I think you're looking to bring in a veteran piece that can close. I think that's really what they need. Um, and I think that's what they're going to look for um, you know, going forward. So now... I think they also could look for some bench pieces. Um, you know, I think, yeah, you're going to be bringing back Cave. And, uh, you know, we know that Dombrowski said Rojas likely won't start the season at the major league level. Um, you know, I, I think, too, with Rojas, I said this to, to a couple people. You know, yeah, he had a poor postseason. There's no denying that. But he hit over 300 in the regular season. It isn't as if this guy doesn't know how to swing a bat, period. Right, I think some more seasoning. I think he'll be okay. Um, yes, he was brutal, brutal in the postseason, and I think the Phillies are doing the right thing by saying, "Look, you're not going to be anointed as our starting center fielder." But for all of these people that are already jumping off, not that there's a bandwagon for Johan Rojas, but all these people that are clamoring, saying he's not major league material, this, that, the other. Look, I'm not saying he's an all star. I'm not saying he's going to be a future, you know, two eighty five hitter. But to talk about how terrible of an offensive asset he is um, based on purely one postseason to me, um, you know, is, is pretty wild. And throw Nick Castellanos into that same category, right? Everybody, well, not everybody, a lot of people, you know, these trade rumors that um, from what I've been told are, are total, total bunk that the Phillies would be interested in trading Castellanos. Yeah, he also had a poor postseason especially after he went on that tear with, what, four home runs in five days, whatever it was. Um, and, and, and just the amount of people that are just like, yeah, get rid of him, get rid of him, get rid of him. It's sort of like, did you see everything else that he did? Now, I get that Castellanos is streaky. 
And I also get that his personality sort of to some people is not in the clubhouse, but to some fans is sort of like, who who is who does this guy think he is? I'll tell you what, though. I would go so far as to say that that clubhouse loves him. You talk to Turner. You talk to Harper. You talk to Reese Hoskins. Uh, you talk to any of those guys that have been around him for a while. And I'm not saying it's not an acquired taste or anything like that, but I think they, those guys love him. So, you know, getting rid of Castellanos to me would not make a whole lot of sense. And I think he's owed $60 million over the next three years anyway. So that's that's a lofty price tag. So I think you're in the Castellanos um, business for a while, if you will. Um, what else did I say? I saw somebody tweeted at me about how we should look at keeping Reese Hoskins or retaining, re-signing Reese Hoskins and putting him in left field and trading Kyle Schwarber. Let me say it again. Re-sign Hoskins and trade and put Hoskins in left field and trade Schwarber. Now, what world would that make sense? Right, We saw what Reese Hoskins can do in the outfield several years ago. I mean, that would put, it was almost like Pat Burl, Pat Burlesque out there. You can't, you can't do that. I mean, the Phillies have gone too far to improve defense. You know, to make a move like that would just kind of, um, I don't know, that, that wouldn't, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That's sort of taking the Reese Hoskins fandom to a whole level. Yeah, he's a great guy, really is great family done a ton for this community it's a shame to see him leave no doubt about it but i mean you're trying to win a world series you're 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 trying to build the best possible roster um you know you, you the last thing you need is you know well we really love this guy or the fans really love this guy let's let's you know let that overshadow building an actual roster right so we can't let that happen so reese we love you but i think um you know, greener pastures going forward for you. So, um, Garrett Stubbs coming back. Um, it doesn't really bother me one way or the other. I do think with Stubbs or, or catcher in general, I do think that's a situation the Phillies are going to need to look at sooner rather than later. I mean, look, let's be honest. Romuto is getting up there a little bit. Bit of a slide this year offensively. Um, you know, I think it's unfair to expect him to continue to um, produce at the levels he has been. So I think catcher position is something that, you know, is going to be uh, an area that the Phillies will be looking at sooner rather than later. So, um, again, I wouldn't be shocked if the Phillies get, um, you know, make a move this week or two. Um, I just don't think they're going to be massive, big, big things. I think that it could be additions to the bullpen, Um you know, maybe an extra bench guy. Although, you think about it, you know, with Cave and Pache and 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 what they're going to have, um, you know, on the roster already, um, they may look for a corner corner infield or somebody like that um, instead. I, you know, we'll see. Um, what I will be doing though down in Nashville is updates each night. So they probably won't be 20, 30-minute podcasts. Um, but I'll be putting together um, 
you know, an audio piece kind of highlighting, hey, here's the action of the day. Here's what I'm hearing from sources. Here's what, um, you know, I'm seeing the Phillies do or potentially doing. Um, so I'll make sure to get those uploaded each night over the next few days. So if you haven't, please make sure subscribe to the Philadelphia Baseball Review Podcast. You can do that on I don't know, everywhere, Apple, Spotify, um, iTunes, uh, and a bunch of other places. So definitely subscribe there. If you're not already, please follow me on Twitter, P Gordon PBR. All right. On Instagram at Philadelphia baseball review. Um, and definitely check us out. Philadelphia baseball review.com website. We have a, a mailing list it goes out a couple times a week during the off season, uh, that you can subscribe to for free. And then also during the regular season, we kick it back up. Uh, you'll get from that, just not Philadelphia uh, Phillies information, but also information on the local amateur scene, colleges, uh, high schools. Definitely encourage you, if you're a fan of baseball at all in the Philadelphia region, take a look and subscribe to our mailing list. And you can do that straight through our website, PhiladelphiaBaseballReview.com. Um, last thing I'll say, trying to give our push to our Patreon. You can find us on the Philadelphia Baseball Review um, on Patreon. You can get a link on our website as well. Any sort of help you can offer um, to us and our coverage uh, is greatly appreciated. We're really trying to expand our amateur coverage this coming year, um, and we're looking to get more in-depth in particular with the D2 and D3 college scene. And so uh, what we're looking to do is add on two new reporters and have them basically cover beats, D2 and D3. Um, And we're also looking to hire on uh, some freelance photographers. So... Again, any sort of help and or assistance um, you can offer would be great. You can see that through Patreon. You know, we'll be offering to subscribers and members on there um, some additional college and amateur information, some power rankings and some um, polls and things like that, and statistics that you won't find elsewhere. So, again, I encourage you, if you're at all interested in baseball in the Philadelphia region, to take a look there and, uh, you know, get in touch. Let me know. If you are a coach or... Uh, trainer or uh, run a baseball program of some sort and want to get some um, you know material to me please do p gordon at philadelphiabaseballreview.com i'd love to promote help you out do whatever i can um so yeah so that's where we're at i'll wrap this quick piece up um and then get on a plane in a few hours to nashville tennessee for the 2023 major league baseball winter meetings um i will be in touch soon Take care.